Right at the Fork is supported by Picnic, the app where you can share and discuss your best dishes. Picnic. Eat better together. That's P-I-Q-N-I-Q. Download it today on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of Right at the Fork. This is actually an extended soundbite edition because uh, we our, our guest, it was way longer than we... Uh, You're a professional. We're going on. This we're, is the guy who's a morning guy on kink. We're going on... Here's the thing. He was up at... I've been on the air since... 12 hours. Yeah, I've been on the air since 5.30 this morning, pretty yeah. much nonstop. Maybe an hour <laughs> break in there. All right. So our guest today, it's, in, it's an extended... Soundbite with a guy we've actually had on the podcast before. Who's got? Uh, he's he's. I think he's one of the most interesting backstories for a person who's very knowledgeable about the Portland food scene. He knows quite a bit, and he knows a lot about the food scene outside of Portland. That to me is what makes him a little more of an authority of what's going on in Portland yeah. because he's uh, he's comparing it to yeah. what's going on around the country. Before we get to to talking about Michael though, Chris, you've got some really cool stuff going on with Portland Food Adventures that I think people need to key in right now so they can get ahead of the game. These are your trips to yeah. uh, Europe that you're doing later on this yeah, year. Yeah, well, if you're listening this year, we yeah. have an archive, so you could be listening at any time, but right. in September, Hello 2017. <laughs> right. September of uh, 2016, we've got three trips you can find at portlandfoodadventures.com. I will say I only encourage you because I view it as a public service announcement to uh, encourage you to take a look at what the opportunity that is there to travel with chefs Jose Chesa of Ataula and now 180 and Chesa and Aaron Barnett of St. Jack and La Mule. Mule? La Mule? I always try to get that French pronounced. I don't know. To Lyon. So we have Spain, France, and a little Switzerland, and then Italy with uh, Rick Gencarelli mm. of Lardo and Grassa, who's a dear friend of mine. And uh, part of this was that we were really just looking forward to hanging out together, and we thought we'd give everybody the opportunity to hang out with us in, in Italy. Very nice. And people can get details on this on your website, portlandfoodadventures.com. Thanks very much, Corey. Uh, of now course. We have that done. And now, now we're, we can... we're here for a purpose. Right. Part of that is to, um, is to talk about what's going on in Portland. Yeah. Michael, Almost all of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Michael Zussman, is, uh, he, he's been writing about the Portland food scene for years and years. Yes. And uh, you asked him to talk about, cause th- and, and I guess this is how he experiences many of these restaurants, which is at those chef tables. Chef's counters. Chef's counters. That's what they're called. We have to get you in the- Chef's uh, counters. Yes. We're getting you there. Yeah. Over the time. But no, chef's counters. And it's also how I, I do, I go out to dine a lot. I'm enjoying it less and less- these days, but I've done a lot of dining at chef's counters with friends and without. And uh, it's it's one of the reasons not I'm not saying this to to give a shout out to Portland Food Adventures again, but right. one of the reasons I started it because I wanted to share that experience of getting to know the chef right. while you're eating yeah. with not everybody a lot can, of people. Not everybody can sit at the, the uh, chef's counters. And I think it makes it special. And our chefs in this town, in this city, uh, you know, I've dined elsewhere and I'm not a prolific diner elsewhere. But uh, I never really had that experience until I was here. Yeah. And uh, guys like Adam Sappington, which we mentioned. So 
Um, but uh, they're really special opportunities. So we thought no one better to go over some of the best ones. And this is by no means a comprehensive no. list. But I, but I think it's actually a really good uh, a good starting point yeah. from a person who really knows. And I do got to say this, and I didn't have a chance to say this before Michael left. He, he is going to share an experience, a story about one specific chef's counter. The, uh, man, I was like inside as a father. I was just like, I was, I was almost going to tear up. It was it's quite, quite powerful that connect. What would almost well, we were actually tear up. We well, we were in it was a room th- <laughs> full of three dudes, and the last thing I want to do is be the guy in the corner <laughs> crying. But but it was a very powerful uh, story that he that he shared, and and I think it I think it'll touch everybody else's hearts as well. Yeah, and Michael Michael's uh, he, he's a he's a good guy, and he's he works close by. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to having him call in. We had him in the studio, and uh, he's also the only one who's ever worn a suit and tie in here twice. I know, he looked good. Yeah. My trip to Austin, when you're suggesting three barbecue places in one day, <laughs> that's not happening. Okay, two. Well, Doesn't matter, no. It, I'm happy with one. Are and these? I, are these? Do these end up to be, though, the barbecue places that everybody, or do you yes. like the... These are the three that everybody, when you read the blogs, these are the three that, that everybody they go tells to. you. But sometimes eat. that's the only place, and, worth, place worth going. No, 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 They're no, the no. alternatives to Franklin, because you can't, because that you got to wait on. Right. Unless, unless, yeah, unless you're an, an FOA. Which would be friend of Aaron. Friend of Aaron. <laughs> He's actually served me brisket in Portland, so I feel like I've had that. Uh, his food, you know, he made it at the. You're just not an FOA. Day yet. That Latak opened right at for feast. They did a dinner there. Yeah, I got on that one like in five minutes and I, I and got a seat. I I didn't. Great. I'm told that if I go to Austin, I can. Get the, get the you gold, and get, Obama. That's get the it. Golden <laughs> ticket. I've heard it. No, somebody, he he. I'd way. I'd give it to Obama way before I. Thielen. He and Thielen are buddies. He and Rodney Muirhead are buddies. It's it's. Maybe I can make a little call to Michael, but I hate to put him on the spot. And I don't know if I'm in. Yeah. I don't know if I'm up there at that level with Mike Thielen that he, I, that he would do that. No. And what happened is I got. I'd met Aaron a couple of times, but I got invited to a thing, just a little pre. It was up at Thielen's house because. And Aaron was there, and a couple of his people were there. Oh, a little was, thing at Thielen's house where Aaron it was. Oh, was. stop! Come on, man. Just a little you go to all the you go to all the things. I don't go to all the things, but I'm I'm happy to be going to Austin because I've never been there. And that, that's we named my oldest son. We we looked at the <laughs> atlas. We took pulled out the time atlas, and we went down the index in the yeah. beginning. We got as far as Austin, and we liked that. I like that, and uh, that was it. So I've never been. So but, I'm going uh, but just in for terms four of the days. places, though, you go. I mean, Lockhart's a schlep. I mean, it's a half an hour drive. But I think I told you, if you get on this toll road I, or whatever it is, driving. eighty-five miles an hour speed yeah, no, limit. Good You're there that. quick, and the places. I, I and mean, you, of all people, know I like the eighty-five mile an hour speed limit. You're, you're reckless. Yeah, no. Well, you do. I, you know. Look at this. It's nice to do I that. Made notes. You, you always got, like it when you, I'm prepared. You got notes. It's great. But I'm looking forward to. Um, I I made a reservation for the. This was my effort in not feeling like a complete glutton. Uh, so everybody said I have to go to Key. Key Key. How do you pronounce his name? Paul Key. I think it's key. key. I, I've been there. It's it's good. He's so a nice guy too. I, I'm doing the vegetarian tasting menu. I've never done that in my life. I'm going to do it. You're going to go all the way to Texas and do vegetarian? Well, it's not all. No, just that meal. Okay. So I'm right. balancing out some of the barbecue, 
with the, some of the places were great. Doug Must have been Adam, a hell of a warning from the doctor, man. Doug Adams, <laughs> Doug Adams gave me. Uh, well, the doctor said maybe you want to try port, maybe you want to try doing Portland healthy food adventures, and uh, I kind of explained to him that that was going to be a rough go. But I, I can I can be a he- little healthier. There's Just no tell me drinking ponds gum milkshakes. That's that was I mean. good. I like that cure. I wish I had one closer to me. I've been I've been having a shake. Every morning uh, lately, and it's it's they're easy for me to do. I My like daughter them. took me in there once. <laughs> I'm looking at the menu, and I go to the counter. I said, "Do you have any that don't have kale in them?" <laughs> well, we can make one without kale. I'd say, "Please, would you?" No, I have the menu right here, my friend. I brought it for you. Uh, There's a lot without kale. Anyway, seven dollars for a pond. You're right. It's not. Shake. It's a. It was a little more, but it, I felt healthier, and I probably would have gone somewhere else and spent fifteen. So I'm. Okay, with seven. You're for, good. You're good. Looks like you had a lot of interesting. Feels here. good. So you're here yeah. to talk about uh, Chef's Counters, which was the uh, not the last time I saw you, but we enjoyed a wonderful meal at Longbon, the Chef's Counter there. It's a little tight that Chef's Counter, but it's a good counter. What do you mean tight? There are four people, <laughs> and when you have rapturous true. retox on the other side, that's she yeah, just unfriended me. By the way, I have this little app on Instagram that says who's no longer following <laughs> you. Rapturous retox is not following me any longer. <laughs> Do you think it's just you've gone boring on her, or she? she did you say I'm something I'm not as offensive? interesting as she is. I don't know if you've seen her. She's got a great feed. She's she's got the pole dancing. Never. Going. Uh, do you think you did something to offend her? No, not not. Uh, I, if I would have, it would have been that night at dinner, and then she actually friended me after that. Uh-huh. This is a this is a good uh, warning to everybody out there. Do not unfriend Chris Angelus at any point because he knows because he'll figure it actually, out. Actually, it's not a friending. It's on Instagram. No, there's Unfollowing. a little app that tells you who's. And so I'm not really. I don't care, but it's interesting <laughs> to see. I'll tell you what. On. On the Portland Food ADV, I gain a lot of. Sure, it's like a lot every week. Yeah, it's yeah. getting. It's good. it's good to know who's coming and going. I sure. like to see who's coming and going. Yeah. So, uh, but I noticed her last night. It's the first time I've looked in about a month, and I thought, what did I? Anyway, we had a really nice dinner at Longbon at the chef's counter. You invited me, and I appreciate it. It was wonderful, and I thought, um, if anybody knows chef's counters in Portland, it would be you. I think you know they're couple of people who got alone, but you go out alone and that's a, that's conducive to going to chef's counters. It is. It is. No, there's no question. I mean, it's, I frankly prefer a table in a lot of places, but there are certain places where the chef's counter is conducive to a better meal just because either you, you know and like the chefs or there's a lot going on in the kitchen and it's accessible and it's fun to kind of watch the assembly process but um, well especially if you're by yourself so yeah I was uh, at St. Jack the other night I really wanted to sit there but I didn't have a reservation so I sat at a beautiful table at the bar looking out on whatever street that's on 23rd no the uh, the one the cross street savior Raleigh 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 that's exactly it and it was I was nice. there last night. It, it was nice, but you know, I had my phone for a companion. Versus at the chef's counter, you can get into a conversation and meet people. Like you know, I was just mentioning the the unnamed Instagram person that we met at Longbun. That's it's nice to have that kind of conversation. I always enjoy it. I know the whole. It's you know, Saint Jack is my local. 
I mean, it's literally five minutes from my house. So that's, of all the places I go, that's probably number one. Number one on your list. And is, I that, seen, is that one on the list, the yellow list it right is. there? It's, it's, it's number is. It's number one, one on the yellow list that with I a have. Number one with a bullet for Aaron Barnett. And it's who's close. The, so Aaron's great because Aaron is a schmoozer, which mm-hmm. is, it helps. I mean, if you've got a schmoozer uh, working the window, you know, working outside or in the kitchen but right there that's that's the best and he he likes to chat and he's very indulgent about my canadian jokes um and i think i fooled you did you did you believe that they had candied no uh, you totally fooled me i was i answered you seriously that i didn't (laughs) order it and i was okay with that he was he was he was mad at me he called me a menace yeah well (laughs) It was good. It was see that kept me entertained. I wasn't at chef's counter, Candied so you saw back bacon. I you think it's saw, a great idea. You saw by my the po- way. In my post on Facebook. You answered it, so I'm having a conversation. I'd rather have a face to face conversation with people than than one on. In- but when you're sitting by yourself, sometimes that's what it is. No, and I don't. You know, listen. I, I when I I have my phone with me usually. And, yeah, we all do. Did you see the little cartoon I posted the other day? Did I you did. see that? I did not. Court is a New Yorker cartoon. I don't know if I did. Yeah, it was pretty. I thought it was hilarious. Waiter comes over to the couple having dinner and said, "Is everything okay? I see you haven't posted any photographs of your food oh. yet." Yeah, I thought that was. I didn't see that one. That got a lot of likes. I, I, Not that I'm paying attention. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. This is twice already. Yeah, no, I, I got. I think, I gotta I think we're starting to figure bit. things out, Chris. No, no so Saint Jack. I mean, Saint Jack's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love the food. I I, I think Aaron's talented as hell. What's the best thing to order there? At the counter, or, or any, just period. You know, the specials are almost always worthwhile. Um, generally, anything that's hearty. <laughs> I I think most recently they've had an oxtail bourguignon on the menu. What a great winter dish! Um, mm. And then I I saw a duck chacrute last night. You know, it's funny because I went there last night, but I wasn't all that hungry, so I ended up just ordering. They had a little. Uh, scallop pickled vegetable chop salad which was just fantastic and then i just had the i'll mispronounce it but cervelle de canute just basically goat cheese and and bread oh anything that that sounds good i went good meat free free. i went back and forth on the menu the other day and i had a i had the whole roasted trout i've had that dish you know he's been doing that dish off and on and it's that's a magical dish. Yeah, it's it was really, really good. good. And his recommendation, I was between the beef and the trout, and I was happy to go trout. I, was, I need to get the oxtail bourguignon. I'm not sure that I've had it. And duck chacrute, I mean, hell, that's that's. Uh, I love that dish. But yeah, it's so funny because I, I, his skill with hearty dishes, is I think unparalleled in town. Well, maybe he and he and Gabe Rucker, but. Um, and I, you know, went and had, and then, had and a really light meal door, last night. When you walk out the door, you'll think of about four others, but that's okay. You mentioned a that's couple. Okay. So, so let's go down the list. Well, moving right along. You know, Aaron, I think, is du- <laughs> has truly, a, the overused phrase has doubled down, but Lamoul also has a long counter next to the kitchen. And he's got Cameron Addy working as his main chef in there. And that's a really fun place to sit. So you, sometimes you'll have Aaron's expediting so he'll be sitting uh standing outside and there's a spot right next to the window where the food comes through and then cameron's in there making stuff and yeah and i i sat there once it's a it's a nice show i like that and it's beautiful watching how they do the different muscles and yeah 
Copper and counter. The, beautiful. I mean, they Best did muscles I've ever had in my life because I'm not a huge muscle fan. Yeah. I like them when I like them. And they're so good there, I would recommend it highly. Yeah, I, I like, I, I actually, I'm not a big burger eater, but I think their burgers are the, the it's got brie and, Brie and bacon. I mean, mm. how can you I brought that home that? to my son. Actually, I didn't eat it. <laughs> Court wants that. As I said, you had, the, had me a brie. The, brie the and bacon, bacon was just like bacon on we top. We need to do a, a food tour in Portland of places that you haven't been that you want to go based on what you oh, heard on the podcast. I was gonna say the list is long. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say places that feature bacon. Oh, that's hard to <laughs> find. Yeah. Does the next one have bacon? <laughs> or find a place that doesn't have bacon? Let me give you another place, completely different, but that I absolutely love. In fact, I was there this week and it's gotten even, the chef's counter has gotten even better. Aviary, one of my favorite restaurants in Alberta, you know, Sarah Pliner has completely taken over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the, you know, all the three-headed kitchen stuff, long gone. There's so, are Jasper and Cat even out. involved with it at all? Not, it's not, not the at restaurant all. anymore. Not at all. It's been, oh, I thought they were still in the... No, and, and Sarah's so quiet about it. Um, uh, Good for her. I, that's... That's the top of my list for places that I say, I don't go there enough. And when I go there, why aren't I here more often? Her food is just incredible. She's in any other city, she'd be a renowned chef. But number one, she's incredibly introverted. And she she just not into promotion. Um, and two, it's Portland. It's not New York. But uh, and what they've done is the chef's counter was sort of below grade. I was going to just, <laughs> you're addressing that, because I was about to say it's not a great chef's counter. They've raised it. Oh, okay. It's about a foot and a half now higher. Go. So Thank you. you. actually are even with the kitchen. And, and you can see look. what's going on. Yeah, it's fantastic. Because before, if you wanted to see, you had to stand up to really see. Fantastic. You know, everything on the menu, I, I recommend anything that's on that menu without qualification. Aviary, top. Okay, that's top of the list. Really underrated. I mean, it's so such an underrated restaurant. I know they celebrate five years uh, today. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. This today will be whenever, but uh, on February first, it'll be five years. Wow. Since been Does that business. include the gap when they weren't open? Yeah, it okay. includes the fire fire All right. closure. All right. So another another spot, actually two. It's only part of the chef's counter. <laughs> so Biwa, when you walk into Biwa, you know, you head down the stairs and there's the counter in front and they've got stuff going on there. But the place to sit is around the corner. It's probably, you know. On the right meet, side. Yeah, to meet disabled requirements. So there's three or four seats that are lower down on the small when you side walk of in the on L. the left or the right on the right to the right yeah that's what i thought yeah it's like the little l l portion right the um i've been in those seats and they're great seats because you can look look right in the kitchen you're right at uh the level where the chefs are doing all the prep those are reminiscent those seats are reminiscent of my first favorite not my first but one of my i would tell people that's the 50 yard line Toro Bravo on the right side. It's okay, fine. Thanks. That was my next one. You <laughs> screwed up my... I didn't screw it up. No, it was I, just a second. I'm showing, I'm showing this to court. Yeah, no, it's, it's right it's below real. Biwa. It's real. And right it there. says, spots around the corner with an arrow. I haven't been to Toro Bravo in ages. I, I, have you been there recently? Because it always seems to me it's so crowded, I, and I feel well, bad because I love it. Yeah, well, the key, the, what I always disclaim that suggestion with is you got to get there at five o'clock and run in and jump over to those seats. So that's 
Otherwise, you're just taking it. It's already a, generally a wait, so it's even harder to get those yeah, seats. Yeah, I'm usually still working. But I remember when I first went there, and John was actually there all the time when you'd go, and that was just fantastic to watch. That's and, a lot of fun. That yeah. place has been very successful. So And but, so you're sitting there right near where they make all the salads and the desserts, right on right on top of you. So you by the time you get to dessert, you know what you want to order. Hmm. So I have one other place, yep. and then I have one I want to talk about as a historical favorite that's now closed. Okay, cool. Which one do you want to hear about first? Let's go with the let's do let's finish with the historical place that's closed. So the so the one other place first. I had one then, other place. Yeah, one, oh, other, one place, other place. Then yeah. the historical. The, the, the pigeon. The pigeon, but it's also very but situational. Everybody knows that too, right? That's well, and then the problem with the pigeon is it's so crowded, so popular, and they've got so many seats crammed in. So unless you're on like the elbow space, depending on whether you're left-handed or right-handed, mm-hmm. it can be really great. And it's also helpful. I'm not sure how many nights Gabriel works anymore. I think well, he's I've, over a little bird a lot too now. Right? right. I've heard he's at Pigeon Wednesdays and Thursdays. I don't know. I don't go in there that often, even though I think it's, again, fantastic food. But uh, but see, the one thing about that, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but okay. we did a PFA there and I was actually trying. I thought, well, you know, the the great seats are the, uh, the chef's counter. And I was trying to sell them for a little more. And Andy heard about that. And he said, you cannot do that. That is not happening. It's an equal. All seats are equal at our restaurant. He wants everybody. He doesn't want everybody to want those because then they feel that they're not having the better experience at a table. Oh, I forgot one. I got a brand well, new place. Okay. Taylor Railworks. Yeah. Oh, that's a great chef's counter. Now, again, it's a little bit situational. The closer you are to the hood, right, the windier it's going to be. It can be kind of chilly. See, this is why I wanted you here. If you're right <clears throat> the next nuances to- of each seat. <laughs> We have the expert. Yeah. So you want to kind of be as far, you want to be at that counter because it's fun and you can watch them do their thing. But you want to be toward the opposite end of the hood. Otherwise, you can be a little chilly. You might need to keep your coat on. Yeah. Well, it's and it's a beautiful, he, he made one of the prettiest kitchens there are and wide open. So uh, it's, that's pretty cool. I want to jump in with a couple here sure. before you get to your historical one. Yes. because. You know, we changed the format of the sound bites a little bit. We used to do kind of the intro and then have a have someone in. But I want to catchy just music. Ch- just check check it with you. Yeah, we have different music now. Which, by the way, we haven't mentioned. Right. My dear friend Ariel Varinas, um, I love our opening music, and I uh, wish we could have had a longer version. But you can find it if you go through to a website. But to speak of, um, and we're going to talk about her another time. But to speak of chefs counters, one of my favorites is Country Cat. At, at, uh, it's a great point. I, I didn't think of it. But yeah. yeah. I haven't been out there in a while. Well, just you're seeing everything. You get to watch everything, and they are just slamming it. And oh, and Adam, I mean, he, he well, I, I haven't talked about my historical one, but just to foreshadow, Adam is a personality. And that's one of the things, quite honestly, that makes a great chess counter is a chef with a big personality mm-hmm. who can, you know, juggle between running the kitchen and chatting with people who are at the chef's counter. And and that's it's not necessarily an easy skill, I don't think. No, not everybody has it, and I know a few who don't. But he, uh, first of all, makes you feel welcome. I've brought quite a few people there saying, here, you got to have this experience. And he makes you feel very special. And the other thing that he's done, and more so than other chefs, and I'm not looking for this, but I think it's a really nice touch. So many times I'd be sitting there and he'd say, here, try these clams. And he'd just give me a couple of clams on a plate. And that's a really special 
thing when you're invited to try something you didn't order and a little of it. I don't want a whole dish necessarily, just a little bite. And it, that's one of the advantages of sitting at a chef's counter. Can I make a, a music request for this segment? Sure. As long as it's well, licensed. Yeah, we'll, we can... we'll see about the licensing. We go ahead. Do you want us to sing? One or... of my favorite local musicians, Michael Hurley. I don't know. As a song. No, and you got to listen to the song. It's called Make a Wish for a Potato. Okay. I'm making note. And if I can pull this off, we will make this happen. It's one of my very, very favorite food songs. That and Chitlin Cooking Time in Cheatham County by the Holy Modal Rounders. But um, <laughs> we were looking for food songs, but Ariel, I'm a vast it, trove it, the, of food songs. The um, the intro to this podcast actually uh, gives a little um, homage to the rain here, which I'm the one who always says it's not so bad, but uh, it just seemed to fit. I like the sound of it. Uh, I'm just giving you a bad time. Anyway, your show, for God's sakes, I'm just a guest. It's yeah. Well, but we'll find it if we can. So my historical. Yes, you're historical. The story is this. You know, I, I've been a single dad for a long time. and you, you and me both. Since like since my daughter was two and a half years old. And, you know, between two and a half and about four and a half, you know, we went to the crappy places, mm-hmm. uh, the names of which were- We stopped going. I mean- I just said no more restaurants. This well, sucks. we couldn't go at all for a while. But yeah. there would be places, well, like Weinhards. I mean, places that were kind of family-friendly- to a fault, I, I suppose. Um, right. Food that food that I didn't really like, but that they they tolerated children and it was right. easy for kids. And um, but the first restaurant where I took Gracie, when she was old enough to actually eat and behave herself for for ninety minutes or so, the chef's counter at Wildwood, and we I'm... would go probably once a week, and Adam was there, and Emery Brune, who's who's one, one of the line cooks, she's now back at the, the new B-Saws with Dustin Clark. They were so nice to Gracie. And after the third or fourth time, she'd always order the same thing, which would be a cheeseburger plain with fries. They knew exactly what she wanted. They would ask her, Gracie, do you want a cheeseburger with fries? And they, they would always make it, and they were so gracious to her, you know, this little, this little kid, and they're gracious to me. I'd be able to eat, you know, wonderful Wildwood food. She'd have her burger with fries, and we would have a wonderful chef's counter experience together. And, of course, Adam would chatter, and and Emery would chatter, and, you know, any of the other line cooks who happened to be there were always accessible. And it was great. It, I, when Wildwood closed, it was one of the few times I actually got a little bit of misty-eyed because, you know, places come, places go. But the, the associations with, with my daughter and her being a kid and us going out together. Um, and then you were taking her to Wildwood instead of Chuck E. Cheese's. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, Chuck E. Cheese's, I think we made it once. <laughs> but it, you That's know, still my joke with my son. He's in his 20s, and I still like We'll to... get you there next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Chuck E. Cheese's, what a train wreck. But anyway, um, hope they're not sponsoring your show. Anyway, no, I don't necessarily know that we'd want them to sponsor. <laughs> we would like sponsors. We like them. So uh, that's that's my shout out to, to a historical chef's counter that is still near and dear to my heart. You know, unfortunately, now that Bisa's opened, they have a chef's counter, and I'm I'm not you know saying mean things, but it's sort of set up weird, where you have the counter and there's the kitchen, but then it's separated. By the space where all the servers come in and pick up, 
you know, pick up their food. It's it, it's a little bit odd of a setup. You really don't have access to the kitchen from there, so I, didn't, I haven't so, really counted So, Wildwood, it. it's not. Maybe Solo Club will uh, offer that I thought that, was a, I thought that was just going to be a bar. No, they're sort of Dustin's doing the menu, so they're doing small plates, and we're doing a we're doing a the first dinner there. So uh-huh. we're featuring his food and drinks too. So. Anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, I want we want you wanted to address the restaurant apocalypse. Well, it's not happening. It's not happening. No, it's the same thing. We've been having the same discussion for ten years. Every winter, places close because it's winter. It's a slow time, so places that have been sort of teetering on the brink close. And, you know, I challenge anybody to uh, tell me that there have been more closures this year than there have been openings. I don't know if that was the issue. And by the way, the, what what Kurt Huffman said was not there is a restaurant apop- apocalypse going uh, on. That somebody's headline. That was a headline. But what he did say, again, Kurt, you're... I believe I believe it was two things is that <laughs> you is, yeah I had sit, sit there and think back I think it was two things he said that um, that we will see more closures no I can't I got to make sure I he's, phrase this right well I think he said it's the toughest time to open a restaurant toughest in a I, long time that, he, that he's seen and that we there will be closures in the first part of 2016 that will it, surprise a lot of people that was exactly it. So, so but that again go, going to what you said Michael was that that's been that way for. 10 years since the Portland restaurant scene really got. What, what I've always said, and I, I contend this, is the Portland restaurant scene, because of Portland and, and its size, it's ruthlessly Darwinian. So if you're not on top of your game, you, you're not out there, you're not creative, you're not you got to be out there. you got to go shake hands and kiss babies in this. Well, you don't maybe. have to, but you could, with all the events going on. It helps. That's the, yeah, that helps. There are exceptions. I mean, uh, I was talking with somebody about Roe the other day. Trent Pierce is very. There's a good chef's counter. He, well, they're not, they don't have it any really, longer. They don't, have, yeah, it. So they don't have it. But, you know, Trent is amazingly talented with seafood. Roe's an amazing restaurant. He keeps it full. And that guy is totally below the radar. You never hear from Trent Pierce. Yeah, no, he's, well, he's soft-spoken guy. It's yeah. all about his food. It so, comes through in his food. Again, there's, ex- you have all these rules. You can throw out general, general ideas, but there's exceptions to everyone. So I don't know what's going to close. I think there's always places on the brink. I think Kurt's, the one insight I really appreciate that I think is brilliant is that most of the people who, a lot of the people who run restaurants in town don't feel an urgent need to make a lot of money, which is a really good thing because it's not a business in which you're likely to make a lot of money. Um, but, you know, I, you're just never going to make a lot of money running a 25-seat restaurant. It's just not going to happen. That's Especially exactly it's a 25-seat 25 25-seat restaurant that's open four days a week. That's exactly what he said. And he cited Coquine being a tough, tough model. That well, size restaurant, it's doing very well every time. I mean, it's hard to get in. Well, they're open six, uh, five or six, and they've six got, or seven days a week, and, and they've three got some, meals a day. <laughs> right, they got breakfast going on, so they're hedging. I'm talking about, I'm talking about a place like Holdfast, which is fantastic. I'm talking about a place like Nomad, fantastic. Um, you know, even the the pseudo the pop ups and pseudo pop ups. You know, they're running limited hours with limited numbers of seats, and you know, the folks who are doing those, they're doing it because they love making food and they love making people happy that you know they define hospitality right but they're on their way you would think to getting to something larger for instance maya at may 
I just noticed she's just promoting that she's open not only Wednesdays, but Mondays. So we're going to two days a week. Oh, cool. With May. But it's not necessarily true. Hold fast. You know, I've talked to, to Will Price and Joel, and, 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 and they're great guys. They're not especially ambitious when it comes to expanding hours and expanding days. I think they're pretty happy. Right where they are. So, uh, so they they have to be making they have to be sustaining themselves. Presumably, I mean, it's been. The, but they're there a lot. Yeah. That they have well, to be there. But they they're can't. running. They're only running how many days a week? They're running four days a week. Yeah. Anyway, and they're you know they selling out too. I think pretty much all the time. So yeah. I think they're great. But I think so. I think that's an insight I like. I don't know who's going to close. I, I'm not that smart. Um, Kurt knows. Well, he knows. He knows one. He mentioned one to me and and swore me to secrecy. That may may it's not necessarily going to close, but if it closes, he was right. It's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I think there's places that may surprise some people. It probably won't surprise me. But again, I just keep my mouth shut on the ones. Yeah. That... Well, two of us just kept our kept our mouth shut. Yeah, but which you is know, very rare, it's by a the way. Tough business. Of course, well, you haven't been able to get a word in. No, it's, over it's here. all good. No, if you guys could just like mouth the uh, name of the restaurant to me, and then so that I'm on the inside. And... I'll feel good about I'll it. I'll tell you after we're we're done here, but <laughs> I, I think there, you know, the one place that really made me sad that closed was Levant. Yeah. Scott Snyder, what a great guy. Yeah. Um, it was him and his you know, family money. They opened that. Out of the box, it was great. Um, and that, I've, I've rarely seen a restaurant that opened in Portland that got so many chefs Talking about it, that said, you got to go there. It's it's and and one of those I remember was John Gorham, who has given a big shout out to Scott. And uh, I will take John's on that sort of cuisine. That's a really that's a high compliment. Well, and what happened is Scott try, had so many ideas, and he started rotating too many items off the menu, on off the menu. Some of which, many of which, didn't seem to have been road tested sufficiently. He just had so many ideas. He was so enthusiastic. It's a, it's a common mistake with younger creative chefs, and you know that was, I think, the same point at which Karen Brooks was getting ready to do a review. She, 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 you know, panned it. I mean, in no uncertain terms, it was not a very kind review. That really hurt him. But he'd already hurt himself. I mean, her review was not inaccurate. So, but he responded. Shortened up his menu, consolidated his menu, and was back to the quality that it was when he started, but it was too late. And that's when I say ruthlessly Darwinian, because by that point, too many people had it in their head that it it, it wasn't going to be on the rotation. And, you know, I just don't think he was there. I know he also talked about the ability to continue to to purchase quality, quality products. So I, I felt terrible about that place. I went the last week and... I didn't get there. There, he was having a dinner. Did he have a dinner with uh, Kakote also at one point? I thought he did. I don't know. I thought I he know. did a dinner with. I hope he comes her. back. I hope he comes back. It's damn tough lesson, um, but he's a restaurant guy. I suspect he'll be back at some point. So, um, just quickly in your list of chefs counters, yes, and without a lot, of, I just quick, Bing, Bing, Bing. Uh, are the restaurants that you recommend to people who come from out of town, because a lot of people probably write you, you're a prominent writer, food writer in Portland. Um, what Do you have like a top five that they have to visit? Um, besides the chef's counter places? Besides, besides the chef, well, you, you can include those, but are there some that aren't chef's counters that you would suggest they have to visit? Well, I do think Coquine's great. Mm-hmm. I had some out of town friends come in and that's where we went. Mm-hmm. 
I, I love among the new places. I, I absolutely love and respect uh, what uh, Eric Van Clay's doing at Taylor Railworks. Great big flavors. I, I tend to be a big flavor guy, mm-hmm. and and I like folks who are doing what I, I, I call world cuisine, where they're just really not bounded by Eastern ingredients, Western ingredients, that kind of thing. And he's definitely messing around with those boundaries. Um, uh, so St. Jack, yeah, I mean, I just love St. Jack. I think it's a great restaurant. I hadn't really thought about my top five, but uh, I think Pizza Jerk is a fun alternative to a if, Pizza Shoals. Yeah, if you have any down and dirty places that aren't yeah. Highbrow restaurants. Yeah, listen, a Pizza Shoals um, has been, it's been my favorite pizza joint forever, and I love pizza. But Tommy Habits is, he's another, you know, guy who just loves big flavors. And the only thing, and I haven't told Tommy this, but twice in a row I've been there, and this is a whole other topic, uh, Chris, families, family groups with kids completely out of control. I mean, take running around screaming and I don't know whose job it is to uh, I don't want to go over and say hey folks yeah can this, you, you're not in your living room right, exactly. I mean, what the hell well I'll counter that not counter it but I will just say that's not always the experience because when I have been there it's been nice and quiet and um, <laughs> and the pizza I, he has a clam jam there which I really enjoyed you know me and my white clam pizza we tried uh, he had a special he's doing all kinds of wacky stuff which is so Tommy and so good but it had brisket on it and jalapeno. And yeah, and I don't know how I am with that. The same way, you know, I respect whatever what people do and that they try to stretch it. But yeah, just give me a nice. Well, and he was doing Dan Dan, Dan noodles for God's sakes. Yeah. They're excellent, I might add. But um, but if I want really, you know, straight ahead, more traditional pies, I still am a sucker for a pizza shoals, and I'm it's a sucker pizza. for lardo. I love those sandwiches. Um, I just think. His sandwich combinations are are what I enjoy, and that's another place that my daughter and I tend to go for a quick. Uh, quick and you go to Grasso a little bit too. I've seen you yeah, there. I do. No, I go there for for pasta. Well, Lardo's one of my one of my favorite places, but it's. Uh, I wish they had a half sandwich. I think you need to talk to. to oh, I get talk it. To the I, boss. I'll, I'll share share it with him, but I just. Uh, on most menus, I like a half sandwich and a little soup. That's what I would like to have. But I, I'm not critical of Lardo at all. I love every sandwich I've ever had there. <laughs> it's delicious. I was just there Saturday and had the mortadella, which is a nice sandwich. You, you like know where I've gone to? What's your favorite sandwich at Lardo? Uh, I don't have one. Oh, come on. The Rick-a-muffin. The Rick-a-muffin, okay. <laughs> you know where else? Speaking of, the bricks and mortar location for Nong's. Nong's Common Guy. Yes. I just started going there um, within the last few weeks, and my daughter even liked it. She doesn't, you know, she's kind of picky still. So it's one of those places that when you go, you go, oh right, I and now I see what all the fuss is about. Yeah, no, good, seriously, good place. Cool and simple. Well, thanks. This was this was going to be just a soundbite and chefs counters, but (laughs) you you work right in the building next door, and we thought it was uh, it would be fun to have you come by. Love talking to you, Chris. It's always great. Where are you off to next? Where's your next journey? Um, aside from just a day back and forth thing, uh, my next journey for a long weekend is Quito, Ecuador. So if, if you know, if or, anybody knows, I don't know. But you know who knows? Listeners you know, know who knows? Sebastian, the guy that behind Coconut Chocolate, the fantastic, probably the best local chocolate guy in, in Portland. He's from Quito. 
All right. And his brother still lives there. Well, he'll know. I don't know any Ecuadorian food, but have fun with that. So, how many, how many trips a year are you taking? I was, I can't I believe. I don't know. Twenty, I don't, at least twenty. And I, I don't know. I, I try to go as often. Then, as no, I the can real manage. question is, how many miles do you have? A lot. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate your coming by. Hey, thanks for having me. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Against my will.